Welcome back to the Zero Weakness Podcast, where we talk about how to be a better lifter, how to be a better coach, and everything in between. Make sure you subscribe and enjoy. Welcome back to the Zero Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Establishment Coffee. Use the code Zero Twenty Five for twenty five percent off and free shipping. Today we have a very special guest, special Mister Doctor Matty Bro. <laughs> Welcome, my brother. Thank you. Doctor of Thugonomics. <laughs> How do I become a doctor? Uh, PhD. The good doctor. PhD in the streets. Yeah. Hustle's degree. That's the one. Welcome, man. Good to have you on. Yeah, good to be here. Thank you, brother. We'll do all the full introductions to Matty Bro shortly. For, for a start, we'll do our What Are We Grateful for the, for the Week? James Hendry, you want to kick us off? Um... While we got Maddie Bro here, I'm grateful for all the sessions that we used to have when Maddie Bro trained with us. Good times. They were very fun Good times. times indeed, yeah. <laughs> nice. I'm going to be grateful for Maddie Bro too. That's what I'm going to throw out there. Uh, if you've seen the artwork at any Zero Gym, you've got Maddie Bro to thank, and we'll tell you the story behind the Ground Zero art that kicked it all off. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, Maddie was a was an early. Uh, an early patron of the gym that stayed here for a very, very, very long time and uh, brought a lot of attention to the gym and was very loyal to the gym. So grateful for Matty. Will you think I'd be an OG status? hundred. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Anyone who walked in the doors at Narang and has still walked in the doors here is an OG status. Oh, dope. Absolutely. Yeah. No offense, James. CJ. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone that works <laughs> These kids don't get it. <laughs> no, no, we don't. All right, Maddie, what are you grateful for today? Uh, I'm always grateful for life. So I'm grateful I get to wake up every day. I'm healthy and my family is good and I'm taking care of my family. So I'm grateful for life. Love it. CJ. Um, yeah, I'll hop on the bandwagon. I'm grateful for Maddie. You did the mural at the first barbershop that I ever worked at. No way. At um local spot. Oh shit! Yes, that's a bubble shop that I learned how I to remember, cut hair. I remember, I remember you that. there now. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you know that I used to own that shop? Yes, you right. did. Um, the clothing side, correct? Yeah. yeah, I'd only ever heard about you, but I never knew you or saw you, so I didn't recognize you or know you. And then when I started coming here, um, I was like, oh yeah, that would have been Maddie's work. And then I re- then James was like, but that's actually him squatting. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I didn't know that. Okay, you didn't recognize his face. Yeah. Oh, well, it's good to know. Pretty pretty cool. It's amazing how far murals can um, travel, you know, mm. and interact with different people. Yeah. What I, what I like about the mural in here, it's always, a, it's a it's a really, it's a solid piece of conversation with right. anyone that walks in the gym. That's the first thing they kind of walk in and admire. Yeah. You know, especially if they don't know anything, you know, you get the little nerds that walk in and go, oh, Lico, like, and all that stuff. <laughs> but other people, the general uh, public who walk in and first thing they look at is the mural. Yeah. And it's an easy way to start conversation. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of them go, who's that? All of them go, why does the guy in the middle look so good and realistic? And then <laughs> <laughs> everyone looks munted. Yeah. <laughs> Matty bro looks like a picture. <laughs> they, they all look at Edan and they go, James looks different. Man. <laughs> like his head's a little bit more square oh, than in real life. Oh, it's so funny, bro, because so many people go, uh, like they go, is that you there? And then I'm like, hell no. Like, I, like I'm like, nah, fuck, that's Edan. I don't look like him. And then Edan, when people say, is that James? Like he's on, oh, like same thing. He does the opposite. He's like, nah, hell no. I don't look like James. <laughs> uh, so good. Amazing. All right, Maddie, you said you have a quote. So why don't you kick us off? Um, if nothing changes, nothing changes. 
Nice. Yeah, so if you want something to change in your life, you've got to change it, you know? And if you do nothing, then nothing changes. Love it. Love CJ, it. don't go to me. <laughs> Tom to me. I All saw right. Tombra on Google just before. No, no, no. I was looking it up so I didn't get it wrong. In the country of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. Ooh, okay. Say that again. In the country of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. Because he's the only one who can see. That's right. So Why does he only have one eye, though? But yeah, you, it's just saying that you only need to be a little bit ahead. Oh, I see. I see. That's a, cool. a little bit ahead. You don't need have to be superior. You don't have to be exceptional. Uh, you, you just have to keep working, be a little bit better. Will that be similar to the journey of a thousand miles starts with one step? Or yeah, that kind of thing, yeah. All right, I got one. Keep your face always towards the sunshine and shadows will fall behind you. What does it mean? I don't know. Google. Thank you, Google. Thank you, Google. <laughs> um, those who stand for nothing fall for anything. anything. Yeah, that's a good one. I feel like that's been said on the podcast before. It might have been me. <laughs> it might have been looking like, which ones have I already used? He's just recycling old quotes. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. All right, Maddie. like I said before, this, this, this podcast is all going to be about you. Um, we're not going to do your life story from, from birth to this very moment, so... Because it's a powerlifting podcast, let's get, let's right. give a li- a people a little bit of a taste of your journey into lifting. How did you how did you find lifting, and then how did that translate sort of into powerlifting? Okay, um, well, I found lifting through my my old man. He, uh, I was playing footy, and you know, I was getting to the stage where I need to start putting on some muscles. I, I was only a young teenager. Um, I was a bit of a savage on the field, and I'd always end up smashing myself like I just run into somebody head first and hurt my shoulder and you know so my dad just purely did it to you know strengthen me up so, I would, so I'd be a little bit stronger on the field um, and I did that for a couple of years with him it was just at home he just had a little dingy setup at home and he just showed me how to lift weights and then we eventually went to a public gym and then you know as a young teenager you like seeing your gains so you get a little hooked on it more and but I was always attracted to the strength like there's always someone in the gym that's stronger than you, way stronger than you, you know, and I'd always be like looking at them, fuck, how did they get that strong, you know, and just kind of like impressed. And and um, I think at the time I started following Odell when he was like yeah. the big strong guy of Australia. That's right. He told you about PTC. That's right. Yeah. 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 And I go. just reached out to him. I said, brother, how do I, what even is this and how do I get into this? And he goes, talk to Thomas, PTC. And I think you had only just opened your Narang shop at the time. Yeah, you Jim. came in. You came in pretty early. You came in before I had a monolift. I'm pretty sure. Like I remember you squatting 180 out of the the two oh, two yeah, racks yeah, yeah, near yeah. the toilets. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And I was really nervous that I wouldn't be able to rack it properly. <laughs> <laughs> Those racks were dodgy. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's that's how I found you, and and just from that one technique session that you showed me, I was already hooked. Like. I loved how you didn't have mirrors in there because I was like, man, this is n- not nothing against like people who are vain, but it wasn't about vanity at all. It mm. was just you're there purely to get strong, and I loved the dungeon feel about it too, bro. Like you didn't have tiles all on the ground; it was you know it's concrete somewhere. Um, I actually liked the dingy squat rack because it was like, fuck, is this how the strong people do it? Yeah, yeah, I want to do. Oh, it was <laughs> felt raw, you yeah. know. So I loved all of that, and yeah, from that one session. 
you, I remember you were trying to sell me something, and I was just like, bro, just tell me how much it is. I'm already hooked. Um, <laughs> I would have been talking myself out of a sale. I would have been like, look, I know, I know it sounds expensive. It's like 20, <laughs> yeah, 20 yeah, bucks yeah, a week. Yeah, yeah. But trust me, trust me, this is like, that's, that's yeah, how yeah. I used to sell by selling myself out. That's of right. You had a little pitch going. Oh, I can't remember what it was, though, but I was, I was already sold. You know, whatever it was is whatever it was. And uh, yeah, just from there, and because I was a, I'm always been a goal orientated person. I need something to aim for. You know that I could see that when you're talking. Oh, you know, in six weeks or twelve weeks, we'll test your strength again. I'm like, oh man, you know, I get to aim for something. Whereas I just go into the gym and just, oh, I'm going to do chest today. You know how a public gym is, and uh, yeah, so it gave me direction. Um, I love the rawness of the gym, and I knew I was going to get stronger there because. That's all that gym was about, mm. you know. So that's that's how I got into powerlifting. Yeah, yeah, sick. And do you remember what your max squat was when you started? Um, you mean at a public gym or when we did our technique session? Let's go before before the technique session. Oh fuck, it was one forty, if that. And then what? When you when you decided to eventually walk away from from powerlifting, what was your max squat? Like I what? did three eighty here. Yeah. Mm, it's it's crazy that uh you mentioned before Odell Manuel got you into powerlifting. So you guys are two of the biggest squatters Australia's ever seen, and Odell Manuel was a winger in rugby league. Yeah, and you were a first five. I was I was a centre as well. A I centre. played fullback a little bit. Yeah, I played wing as well. Yeah, yeah. So I was always a back because I was pretty yeah. fast. It's pretty funny though. Normally when you equate uh big strong dudes from watching footy, you always think the forwards. The forwards. Yeah. And yeah, yeah it's because no one knows that Dale Manuel was a winger. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> so wild. Yeah, I don't know if you remember AJ Campbell. I don't know if you guys ever crossed paths in in the Narang gym. He trained with us for a couple of months. He was my first lifter that ever that ever deadlifted three hundred. AJ uh, Campbell, yeah, yeah. big multi dude. Then he then he had some kids and and that sort of put the end to his lifting. Yeah, right, right. Um, but yeah, he he was a hooker and he was huge. Well, to me, he was huge back then. I can't even you know how your size perception is all thrown out as yeah. you start to hang around <laughs> with more giant people. <laughs> yeah. uh, to me, back then, he was huge and like my max deadlift was two fifty, and to write his name three hundred on on the board above me was like shocking. <laughs> like people can actually lift this weight in real life what uh, that's really cool man so uh, I, I like to use you as an example as well because a lot of people look at like they would see your strong squat your 380 if they're just walking in and think you are always like that I like right. to use people like you and Tom Hardy who started with me squatting under 200 and then ended up squatting high into the 300s yeah. it's not just about giftedness or talent it's about hard fucking work absolutely time like yeah, you yeah. grinded away for what six years seven years to yep. go from 140 to 380 yeah didn't absolutely. happen overnight no no it didn't and when people i get this a lot and when i'm doing a mural people go you're so talented and and yes there is talent involved but i'm like bro i've been drawing since i was a kid mm. you know mm. like i didn't fucking wake up with this talent like uh, it just wasn't gifted to me like I had to earn it, you know, and you have to earn strength. You're not, you don't just wake up with strength, you know. So, yeah, that's also what I liked about powerlifting, you know, you, that progression. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm big on progression and moving forward. So that's what I really liked about powerlifting as well. I want to, like, this is a pretty unique opportunity for us as well because we've never really spoken to someone in the podcast setting who was really, really heavily involved in powerlifting who then walked away. Mm. And I think a lot of people, like, it's our selling point in a technique session. I say, when are you going to start, uh, when did you start lifting and when are you going to stop? Because when you're lifting, when you were 
deep in powerlifting, when your max was 300 and you were on the way up, you would have never thought you weren't going to be doing that sport. I would have what? You would have never thought that you were going to stop doing that sport. No, like no, it, no, not at you, all. You were hell-bent on, on the goals that you had. Yes. Uh, so I think it's reassuring for people to hear from someone like you that life goes on when you when you stop powerlifting. Yeah, yeah uh, and so absolutely. For you, was it hard to walk away from? And what sort of prompted you to walk away from it? Well, I didn't say, okay, I'm done with powerlifting. It was um, it was just I was wanted to give my um, my body a rest. So I think I did my last pro roll. I can't remember what number it was. And, you know, my body was buggered. You know, I had bad bicep tendonitis. My hips were a bit sore. And I just knew that it was time for a rest. And I just, I think I told you, I can't remember. I said, I'm just going to have a couple months off. I didn't even have a time limit, three to six months. I think I gave myself after that comp. Because my numbers weren't really going up. So I knew I had to step back a bit and then, get back into technique again. So mm. all, my, all my mind was just just have a rest, just have a break, just do a little bit of um, light training at, at a public gym or whatever. And while I gave myself that, I um, said to myself, I'm going to really focus on my mural work at the time. Mm. And when I did that, my, my mural work just skyrocketed. And then six months had just went in a flash. You know, I'm like, oh shit, that six months is up. And then I was super busy doing mural work that I was like, oh, I can't really go back into powerlifting right now because I'm busy doing all this. I'll just continue with this. And then another six months had just passed, you know. So my mural work just um, took off. Mm. And so I didn't even really have time to come back. And then after a period of time, I realised I really, really enjoyed doing um, murals and and art has always been in my life. And now I'm kind of getting seen the um, fruits of my labour, so to speak. Mm. And so I just humbly closed that chapter um but i missed coming here all the time because the camaraderie not not just the training you know the camaraderie we had and and the um goal setting and and the training and the feeling strong you know as a man you want to feel strong you know mm. and that feeling i had and it makes you feel confident and so losing strength you know you lose a bit of confidence but you know it's it's all good it's yeah, it's just natural. Yeah, what I like about that, Maddie, is <coughs> obviously once people get to a certain level, uh, they tend to wrap their whole identity around their hobby. Yeah, uh, around their hobby. Yeah, uh, powerlifters, uh, you know, pretty renowned for it. Once mm. they do powerlifting, they're a powerlifter. This is their whole life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was pretty cool to see you step away from it so humbly and you know really chase your dreams with your mural work. Yeah, um, and it's really cool to see that you know even though it was like a huge piece of your identity, it didn't really. Uh, mm. You know, it didn't really take away from who you were, and it was cool to see you still supportive of powerlifting, um, still enjoy the sport, still yeah. talk to people in it. I, I think it's really cool. It's really admirable. Yeah, yeah. It's all, and I still love the sport. I still mm. follow everybody who I've always followed, you know, and I still kind of pay attention to especially what's happening in Zero, and I love seeing Zero grow. Like, man, when Thomas posts something that's good for the brand, I'm always first to comment, hell mm. yeah, fuck yeah, awesome, you know. So I'm still – I still see myself as part of this – the, the zero gym and, and the beginning stages and the early stages when, you know, we were back in the ring. Mm. And I still love seeing zero grow. So I'm still kind of in the community. But no, you are part of the gym. There's four metres of you straight out there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still remember uh, the first time I met Matty Bruce. So I already knew who he was. But uh, you came up to me and introduced yourself. Really? And I was like, fuck, that's cool. Yeah, right. Because I remember right. Edan did the same, you did the same. I was like, these guys are the strongest people in the gym. These guys have no ego. None. This is really cool yeah, yeah. seeing how they are. 
Yeah. And, um, I've got a real funny story about uh, Maddie, bro. I don't know if you remember this, but I was maxing out my deadlift and it was just me and you here. Oh, yeah. And I filmed, I had set up my camera and I was like, I'm going to scream for the first time tonight. <laughs> Can you remember this? For the first and, time. And I, so I was like, all right, before my, I max out, because I had a comp in two weeks, it's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to like let out, because there's no in the gym. I'm like, fuck you, I'm going to yell like all the big strong guys do. <laughs> so I remember I let out like a yell, but it was more of like a yelp. And I was like, <laughs> your, ah! your voice broke. Yeah. Ah! And I remember in the video, you just see Matty Bro turn around and like cover his mouth, <laughs> trying not to laugh. And I remember I failed. I just looked at him, me and you just cracked up laughing. <laughs> I need to find that video. It's so good. Oh, I got to yeah. see it, bro. It would be cool if we could overlay that video in the podcast. Oh, yeah. Because it was so embarrassing, but I remember because it was just me and Maddie, bro. We we're just losing, and I was like, "Fuck that! That was that was stupid. <laughs> I'm never doing that again." Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Now com- coming back to the mural thing, I've, I've, like, I, sorry to get all serious again, but it's um, to me it rings true of like a champion mindset because you think of your pursuit, and, and most people won't know this because they don't see how you work. I've seen how you work, or I've heard how you work. Like the champion mindset is just like, it doesn't rely on anyone else. You're there to get the job done and you were just laser focused on that thing. Mm. So like I think of when you were painting here or when you went up and did the the Brisbane mural, like you just show up in the middle of the night and you're just there basically until it's done. And it's just like rest to sleep when your body's like, okay, bro, you cannot do anything else. You have to sleep. And I remember, I can't remember if I listened to Flex Lewis talk about it on his stories or if you told me about it when you came back, but about the job that you did over there, it was just mm. like 10 days straight of grinding, right? Yeah, 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 that's right. Because I was there to have, a, I was there for a purpose and I was there to impress Flex and I wanted to do the best job possible. Um, so yeah, I was I was so laser focused. I, I, I was sleeping, like he gave me accommodation in a hotel that was probably about a kilometre walk away. I said, no, I don't want it. I want to sleep at the gym so I can work longer. You know, um, and he was like, fucking what? <laughs> and it was just like a little dingy couch, you know, and, I, and he goes, what, you want to sleep there? And I said, yeah, why would I want to walk all the way down there? I've got to come back here in the morning anyway. And it, like, he, there was a lot, it was, he respected that decision, mm. you know, because he knew I was focused. And then he was like, bro, have a day off, come, let's go out for lunch. And I'm like, nah, nah, it's all right. And he was like, almost a little bit uh, offended. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I told him, I said, I'm, I'm not here to relax. I'm here to do my job. And I want to do the best job possible. And, um, you know, he was very impressed. And it was, i got to say, though, I've never pushed myself that far again because I was fucked for about two weeks straight, <laughs> easily two weeks, <laughs> just lethargic, lost track of time. I'd wake up at all random times of the day and night. Um, but you would have been jet-lagged as well at that absolutely. point. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was doing uh, – um, so I'll, because I was sleeping at the gym, their first clients that they'd bring in – you know, PTs and that, would be 5.30 on the dot, bang. And it's 5.30, they turn their stereo on and it cranks the whole place. You couldn't sleep in there if you wanted to, mm. even if you were tired. So 5.30 on the dot, bang, their music's on and it's loud as fuck. So I just get up and I just start working. And I would work from um, 5.30 a.m. to 3 a.m. Mm. And so I'd almost do a 24-hour shift. And uh, I did that for 10 days. And, uh, yeah, whenever I'd, like... Flex took me to this place called Windward Walls, which is a famous place in Florida, and it's known for its street art. Mm. Massive. Um, it was like a 40-minute drive. I don't even remember the drive. That's how tired I was. And you know, as soon as we sat in the car, I was out. And then he wake me up, and I'm like, oh, cool, we're here, you know? And then we hang around for a little bit, hour. As soon as we get back in the car, bang, I was out again. So anytime I stopped, 
my body would just turn off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, like, wanted, I wanted to bring that up just to in case people were like, "Why can't you just lift weights and then you know do a little bit of painting?" <laughs> right, here, right, right, right. It's not how it works. Not a little <laughs> bit of painting. Here. Sorry, <laughs> what were you going to say? No, I was just because I remember Maddie Bro doing the mural here, and I was like, "Why don't you have a break?" And you were telling me how, nah, because the faster I get this done, that means I can go work at the markets to do the uh, airbrushing. So yeah. you didn't have to pay someone else to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember thinking, bro, have a day off. <laughs> <laughs> You're working harder and faster so you can go do more work. <laughs> I was like, gee, relax. <laughs> yeah, I'm not the best at juggling my work, but uh, my answer was always, well, work harder then, you mm. know? <laughs> no, it's, there's no, un it's, it's undeniable that your work ethic is... Uh, top tier right, right. <laughs> so let's talk about that then with like your let's rewind and now let's go through your journal journey in art how yeah. did how did you start sort of turning what was i guess a hobby and a passion into a business and how did that business start and then evolve over time between i don't know what was before the apparel and the markets but then the markets the hats the murals like how did it all start and how did it evolve well, um, like I said earlier, I've been drawing since I was a little kid. Just I was, but most of the time I was just doodling. You know, when I'm in class, supposed to be listening to the teacher, I'm drawing. When I'm at home, I'm drawing. So it was just a kind of like a habit, almost. You know, I wasn't even like, oh man, I'm going to draw something awesome. It was just like doodling, just doodling for most of my young uh, years. And um, then at school, uh, high school, when I, I was here at the time, high school, I was hell-bent on being a tattooist. Like, once I realised that tattooing was a job and you could draw art on people and get paid for it, I was like, that's me. I'm sold, you know. So I'd buy tattoo magazines and I'd start drawing tattoos and, and like, I didn't give a fuck about school. Like, teachers would go to me, oh, you need you need a get education, you need to get good grades and all that. And, I, and they were like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, a tattooist. And they were kind of, like, gobsmacked because you don't need a degree for that, you know. And they were like, oh, you... Um, you know, you, I don't think you need a math degree. Or English. I said, no, you don't. So I don't give a fuck about school. You know, that's what I would tell these teachers. Um, and then because I came from a graffiti background, I've, I've been doing graffiti, you know, just as a little shit terrorising the neighbourhood. <laughs> um, because that was always my background. When I did get into tattooing, I finally got someone who wanted to take me on as an apprentice. I went from, like, graffiti, big as you want, however you want, whenever you want, wherever you want to down to this surface that's a living moving breathing surface that um people say ow when you, they touch you you know so it was a completely different dynamic everybody thinks that um oh man you should be a tattooist but when you when you come from a graffiti background where everything is freedom to a very restricted um style of art this person says i want exactly this right here and that person has every right to say that, you know, and the tattooist's job is to do that. But I didn't like that, you know. I felt really restricted, like a bird in a cage almost. Um, and so I only did it for, like, I only did my tattoo apprentice for about six months. And then I was like, I don't think this is for me. You know, fucking determined in, in high school that, yes, I'm going to be a tattooist and fuck everything else. To when I really finally got there, I was like, man, I don't even think this is for me. So... I kind of just stepped away from tattooing and then at the same time I was always doodling like I said at my house and then I picked up an airbrush gun and I was starting to use an airbrush gun at my house and just painting paintings for myself at home um, and then I kind of just because of my graffiti background I was like man 
I should do graffiti with this airbrush on hats and then sell that to people. And then I started doing, I'll do, at the time I was working at this bread bakery. I fucking hated the job. It was torture. I'd wake up, you know, those people that wake up, drag their feet, look at their missus, go, I don't want to fucking go to this job. Um, so that was me. I was trying to do as little as I can there, get out as soon as I could. Um, there was even times where I'd drive to the bakery. My missus would drop me off. My sh- I started at like 4.30. I had an early shift in the morning. We'd drive there. I wouldn't get out of the car and I'd go home. And I'd <laughs> ring up and go, oh, I'm sick. That's how bad I didn't want to do this job, you know. So once I started just doing airbrushing hats, everybody at the bakery, I'd go, hey, 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 you want an airbrush hat for $20? I'll do your name on it. And some people would go, no. And then others would go, yeah, yeah sweet ass, you know. So I'd, I'd get about five orders. And then I'll go home and I'll paint them. I'll bring them to work and I'll be like, here you go, you know, $20. So I'll get $100. And then I did it again and I did it again. And then eventually I, I run out of people to paint hats for. So then I started doing that crowd markets. And um, then that, you know, long story short, that started building and then that got busier and busier. Then I needed staff. So I had to hire people to help me because I couldn't keep up. Um, and then because I was painting on the spot, People could see that coming to life. Um, that was actually the selling point, was seeing it come to life in front of them. Like, holy fuck, you can get a graffiti hat with your name on it right here. Um, they'd see that and then occasionally people would go, oh, can you do my son's bedroom? Or can you do my cafe? Or, you know, and then I'd just say yes to everything. Like, no idea. Yeah, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, no problem. And then I'd go and just figure it out, you know. And I'll just go and do that cafe. Then I'll go and do that kid's bedroom. And then um, <clears throat> that eventually became more frequent. And then I eventually I started getting asked to do bigger projects. And then when I started, um, I hit up John Davey, who owns World Gym. I hit him up. I said, bro, you should get a big mural in World Gym. you know. And then that's how I started doing murals in the gyms. And then projects just got bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. Fuck, bro, you just brought back so many memories, bro. Because in, living in Christchurch, whenever anyone would go to the Gold Coast for touch tournaments or to rugby league tournaments, and they'd always come back with graffiti hats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always, bro, since I was like 14 years old. Yeah. And I remember it just tripped me out when I found out you were the one that did it. Yeah, right. I was like, what the fuck? When all the boys would come back with their gangster hats. With right, them, right. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, it's just kind of, uh, it, it just brought back so many memories of that. Yeah, yeah, that was popular thing to do when you came from New Zealand and came to the Gold Coast it was like a thing to do was go get a hat yeah like I just remember <laughs> the whole touch teams would be rocking them yeah and um yeah that's that's crazy were yeah. there imitators were there other people copying what you were doing sure yeah 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 there was plenty some of them were my employees they ended up leaving and do it themselves and um a lot of them was just you know ex graffiti writers who yeah. were trying to make a bit of income as well and uh yeah so there was a lot of them did it ever piss you off or were you more of the mindset of like, well, that's essentially what I was doing and it's good for artists to have a break and, or did it piss you off that they just weren't being creative and they were just doing what you were already doing? Yeah, well, it did piss me off, to be very honest, at the beginning because, um, you know, I consider myself uh, a, a creative and I like to say I'm an original artist. Um so if I see somebody stealing something that's original, I'm like, man, be true to the art world, you know, and and uh, do your own shit. And so it did piss me off. And because I was kind of like, uh, uh, I didn't know how long this business was going to last and I was quite scarce, you know. So any type of competition was a huge threat to me. 
And I'd, I'd say I'd probably be scared of competition because I didn't know how it would affect my business. So it kind of made me angry that way. And then as I matured, I was just like, I'm just going to do me and I'm just going to fucking outwork everyone, make my product better, sell it better, have a better price. So, you know, I just played the business game. Hmm. Yeah. What a, what about Gangster Graphics? When did that come into play? Um, so that that actually started as the graffiti hats. Okay. And then I took the name Gangster Graphics and kind of made it into a brand as well. Yeah. So Gangster Graphics originally was the hats and that always remained the hats and then this little sub-brand came off it as well. And I'd say that was probably like four or five years into painting hats. And because I've, I've always been big on streetwear, you know, I've always wanted my own clothing brand. I just kind of just ran with it. That's sick. Um, I want to ask more about the murals, but CJ, have you thought of any questions before I keep dominating the question? Um, I, I guess like creatively, like, um, uh, I, yeah, I guess you say I'm, I'm a creative as well. How do you keep evolving as an artist? Do you always like, uh, do you look at like inspiration of other um, people that like uh, are good with airbrushes and painting and other gra- graf- graffiti artists or like where do you find inspiration to change up how you or evolve your um, right. I find inspiration from absolutely everywhere bro yeah everywhere like culture I love different types of culture um, I love seeing like uh, statues from all different types of ancient artifacts like that shit inspires me a lot history inspires me Mm. Obviously artists A lot of other artists inspire me So a lot of things inspire me Like I'm easy to get inspired To be honest bro So Mm. I I don't I'm never short on inspiration Like business people inspire me Um, Everything inspires me So it's pretty easy for me to get creative When you've got a lot of inspiration Or you see everything around you as inspiration Do you have any main things that Like influence your art the most That you'd say like A lot of my stuff I draw from these certain things? Um, it, it slightly, for me, it slightly changes as I evolve as a person. Yeah. Yeah, so um, one thing I, is huge on my influence is um, 90s cartoons, like mm. Transformers, Ninja Turtles, uh, Dragon Ball Z was a little bit later, but that, that was a huge inspiration as an art thing. Um, so that, you got those core things, like childhood are usually... Um, childhood inspirations usually stay with you forever so those are always like my main ones but then like certain people as you get older will inspire you um yeah different artists from different backgrounds different styles of artists um so yeah yeah all those things do yeah no it's dope bro um you've had a <clears throat> Obviously, you've done lots of murals for some big people around the world and things like that. Yep. Um, you've had lots of recognition for your artwork as well from some big names. Like I remember seeing Snoop Dogg re- repost some of your stuff. Yeah. Uh, Israel Adesanya repost yep. some of your stuff. Shaquille O'Neal. You've had some uh, mm. big names share your work. Is there? Whoa, any- whoa! Don't forget Baz Luhrmann. Who's that? <laughs> <laughs> He's the director of Elvis. Oh, yeah. my bad, my yeah, bad. Yeah. <laughs> but so you've had some huge, uh, huge people, you know, re- you're recognised for your artwork. Um, is, have you got any special stories you want to share about like maybe an encounter you had with someone? Like, I mean, when you did the Kobe mural, I'm pretty sure did, um, sorry, what's Vanessa? Vanessa. She uh, recognised your artwork. Yeah. She shared your artwork, gave you some love. Mm-hmm. Um, that's crazy as well. Yeah. You've also done some very like um, 
sentimental ones for the community. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I like. I love that question. What What are some of the real standout stories of the murals you've done? Oh, there's heaps, bro. Um, I'd say, like, when it comes to, like, a celebrity encounter, the best one was probably DMX. Um, I, at, at that time, probably early 2000s, you know, in the hip-hop industry in America, a lot of the hip-hop and R&B artists were getting portraits of themselves on T-shirts, you know, when they were really wearing real big fucking 4XL ones, tall tees in it. Um, I started doing that. I started doing portraits of, you know, celebrities. And then first I was just selling them to everybody, Tupac, Biggie shirts, whatever. And then uh, music promoters all around Australia would saw that I was doing that. So they were like, they'll bring over a certain artist and they'll be they'll reach out to me and go, hey, hey, I'm bringing over blah, blah. Do you want to do a shirt for them? You know, you can present it to them and you get to meet them. And I'll just say, yeah, yeah, fuck that, cool. Um, so I got to do one for DMX. And um, at the time, or you know, I try and know a little bit about them personally so I can present them something that's just for them, you know. And uh, I knew he loved his dogs. So I did uh, half his face, half DMX's face, and then the other half uh, Pitbull, you know, because all his dogs are pitties. And um, I did that shirt, and then I went to his concert, and then Savage from Decepticons, he took me at the back, and we were just sitting there waiting. And when you're waiting there, there's entourage, there's fucking all these people there, and he's just sitting in his little green room, you know, doing whatever he's doing after his set. And um, when we were there, Say we were in this area here. There was probably five or six groupies right by the door, ready for him as soon as he walked out. Then, like his security, five or six of them. Then ten randoms who were probably in his team or whatever. And then there was me right at the back with Savage. And because I was, I was still really shy. I was an introvert then. I was just kind of like, oh, what, what do I do here? You know. Um, he finally came out, and then you know all the groupies start touching themselves and looking like, hey, hey, you know, ready? And then he kind of just stood there and he was kind of just scanning the room and then he just saw me in the distance and he goes, and he's looking over there and then these groupies are right in his face and he pushes them all out of the way. <laughs> and then he walks through the whole crowd and he comes straight up to me and he goes, oh my God, and he was blown away by the shirt and I'm, I'm just holding it there <laughs> like going, I don't know what to do next. And then he, was, he just took it and he was just like, oh man, this is... My girl, it was his girl, um, Pitbull. This was a complete fluke, by the way. Yeah. Um, it was just a random picture of Pitbull. I just painted it. And he was like, oh, this is my girl. She just passed away two weeks ago. How did you know? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> He's like, how did you know? And then he started going on about double canine. Like, uh, there's certain pitties have a double canine. Like, I don't know, know what the fuck that means. And he goes, oh, you even got a double canine in there? Oh, my God, this this is fucking means everything to me. Thank you, brother. And he gave me a hug, and he goes, you are hanging out with me tonight. I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we got to go VIP and, and just chill with him upstairs, yeah. Did you, did you meet any other Rough Riders back then? Oh, I didn't really know any. Yeah. yeah. I knew of Rough Riders, but I didn't know who they were, you know? That's crazy. Just on that point, when you did the big uh, white tees back in the day, because yeah. I, I used to be... I used to crump back in the day oh, okay. when I was like uh, third form, fourth form, and fifth form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that was, the tall tees were big on that. I was going to say, yeah. bro, did your business blow up around then as well? Uh, a little bit, yeah. I was definitely doing a lot of tall tees for that 
Because I remember when I was that age, the crump scene on the Gold Coast in Queensland was huge, and yeah. Brisbane was huge. Like, yeah, there was yeah. the, can you remember, like, the Popsicle fam and all that back in the day? Yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. Tight eyes. Yeah. All that. yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. so cool. Yeah, that blew up pretty fast. Speaking another language here. <laughs> <laughs> you told that story so, like, cool and calm and collected. Were you, were you actually shitting yourself the yeah. whole time? Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, yeah. And, and for most of that, that era when I was doing those shirts for those celebrities, it was all the same. I was very nervous. Uh, Boys to Men, I got to meet Boys to Men, Casey and Jojo, Exhibit, um, 50 Cent, um, you know, a couple of the DJs that were like famous, but I didn't really know who they were. Um, and every interaction was the same. I was just super nervous. I didn't know what to say and I just give it to them and hope they like it and kind of get a photo with them. That, that was pretty much it. Now, I like meeting Snoop, shake his hand. Good to meet your brother. You know, I this is the canvas I painted for you. I explain it. I tell the story, and so I'm much more confident ar- around when it comes to presenting things to celebrities now. Mm. But at the beginning, it was I was shocking. Uh, they're proper celebrities too. I, yeah, I yeah. get a mini version of that meeting, like Dan Green or whatever. <laughs> and I, yeah. I I know what it's like. It's just like instead of being like, "Hey, how are you? How's?" You know, wherever you are, or having a normal conversation, you're just like, you're Dan Green. <laughs> you're just looking at them like, I love you. I'll, I follow you on Instagram. I love you. Just like tense up and have no idea how to be normal anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just lose all yeah, control. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. What, um, uh, we, I want to know more about the Elvis story because that wasn't commissioned, right? You were just nah. like, I'm going to do this this big standout piece yeah. uh, in commemoration of the movie. Did, did yeah. you did you want it to grab the attention of the bigwigs or were you just doing it to celebrate and showcase your art because you could use that wall? Like how did that all work? I'd say both. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was. Um, I was at Hamilton Island w- with my family and uh, a friend of ours, you know, my mate, his partner and their kids as well. And we were just sitting. It was pretty cool, bro. We were just lounging by the pool. The kids were swimming in the pool. We had pina coladas. And because he's uh, quite a savvy businessman, he was like, Matty, what can we do on the Gold Coast that can really, you know, showcase your work? And I'm like, um, I like honouring people, you know, and especially like Gold Coasters, honouring Gold Coast. I like, I'm proud to be from the Gold Coast, you know, and I, and, I, and I like living here and I'll probably live here the rest of my life. And so I like to honour the people who are from the Gold Coast who do great things, you know. And um, he goes, the Elvis movie, the Elvis premiere is going to be held on, um, on the Goldie. We should do an Elvis mural for Baz Luhrmann. And I said, fuck, that's a great idea. And he goes, got a location? I said, yes, in Burley. And the wall we ended up painting. And that, that was basically it, you know. It was, we didn't really go, okay, we're going to get the news crew down. We're, hopefully Baz Luhrmann comes down. We're going to get tickets to the premiere and fucking have a mad time. None of that. It was just like, we should do something cool for Baz. And um, because he, you know, he did film the movie here. It would be great to give thanks to him for that, you know, especially during COVID. Um, so, yeah, that was all basically how the plan worked. Um and then uh, once I got back home from a holiday, I got I just got stuck into it. And then um, my marketing team helped reach out and helped it um, make it to Baz Luhrmann. And then um, him turning up was totally unexpected. We didn't fucking have a clue. He didn't tell nobody. Um, so I was just literally painting, uh, painting on the scissor lift. I was up 
very, very high. And then I just happened to turn around and I saw this guy with his phone and, and two girls with him and he's kind of walking towards the wall and um, I recognised his white hair. So I was like, turned back around. And then I text my mate straight away who helped me <laughs> organise the wall. I said, Baz Lumen's here. And he's like, fuck off. I said, he's here, bro. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and then I... And then once I kind of realised he was here, then I turn around and act all cash. I'm like, Bez, how are you, brother? <laughs> uh, you've had some practice at this point. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. And I played a cool as I was like, man, thanks for turning up, bro. I didn't think you were going to come down. And then, uh, yeah, we just had a quick little conversation. He did a little bit of a live on a story. And then he was he was really impressed. Um, and he goes, I'm going to do some news press here. And I said, fuck, that'd be cool, man. So he ended up coming back a second time. And then we got a proper interaction and yeah it was cool how does that work is he like can i grab your number or are they just like we'll find you <laughs> um yeah they actually say we'll find you yeah 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 and because he's got two girls like assistants that just they're on the ball on the ball everything he says and, and then like because when i had finished the mural and, and he goes so you come to the premiere and i said oh i don't have any tickets brother he goes hey and he didn't even say like to them he didn't even give them a sentence he just went oh and they just went, okay, uh, what's your name? You know, da, 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 but okay, two tickets. I'll email them to you today. You know, so he's just, that's just always on the ball Fuck, for him. How, how, do I get, how do I get me some of these people? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've got nothing to do for these people to do, but I just want them. I just want people to follow me around and be like, just. Uh, uh. Oh, man, you should see um, Snoop's team, bro. That's fucking on another level. You've got a professional blunt roller. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got yes. everything. It, uh, there's a. Can I talk about the interaction with him? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so when I got asked to do the canvas for him and present it to him. Um, what what year is this, by the way? This was recently, uh, late last year. Okay, sweet. Was it this year? When did no, I meet Snoop? It was last year. It was recently. Last year. recently. Didn't you, didn't you did meet him ages ago as well? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who asked you to do it? Um, the wine company who he's collabed with. Oh, uh, yeah. So he reached out to you. Yeah. Nineteen yeah. crimes. Nineteen cool. crimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. His okay. wine's fucking nice too, mm. by the way. Um, yeah. So they said to me, "Oh, you can do a canvas. You get to present it to him." I said, "Oh, awesome!" And they and then they're like, "But we don't know how the presentation is going to go." I'm like, "Okay, sweet ass." And um, I didn't realize it, but on the day, his um schedule is. Literally by the minute, by the when I say by the minute, I mean by the minute. Shit changes instantly, and they all have to quickly adjust. And um, sometimes it can get chaotic. And uh, like if you're doing business with an A-list celebrity like him, you're paying him lots of money. You have demands. He has demands back. So it's it's like a negotiation thing, you know. So when he was to turn up to Nineteen Crimes, he'd turn up at this time. From there, he'll go to the office. They'll talk business for X amount of minutes. Then from there, he'll go on the stage. He'll do a QA and a for X amount of minutes. Then he'll do one or two songs, maybe three. And, you know, so it's everything is, is down to the minute. And then he could turn up there and go, no, I'm not doing that one. And then everything changes, <laughs> you know. So so the people who run around and do things for him, they're, they're like, Stressed out of their fucking eyeballs all day long, you know. If they have, if everything just goes to plan, they're like, "Oh my god, that's fucking amazing," you know. And anyway, so the plan to give him the canvas changed about four times. And on the day, the lady who I was talking to and she was helping me, she goes, oh, "Okay, so what's going to happen now is we're going to put the canvas in the office. We're going to put a, 
cover over it and then somebody's going to present it to them and there I don't think you'll be, al- be allowed in there. I said, okay, that's all good. And so we put the canvas in there and then we wait for him to turn up. He turns up um, and then he walks into the office. And then so we're standing in this little lobby area waiting for him to come out because as soon as he comes out, he's got to take some photos with the wine bottles as part of his, part of his uh, deal and then get photos with all the immediate team. And I was there. So he comes out and then he, you know, he gets his photos with everybody and I get a photo of him. And then um, the lady who I was dealing with says, oh, he's, I think he saw the canvas. So they said he loves it. And I've said, oh, okay, cool. And they're like, that's probably, his, you know, all we're going to do now. So you got you got your photo with him. He's got the canvas and we'll make sure we ship it to him. I said, okay, cool. That's all good. Still got a photo with him. Um, and then he went on stage. And then he was doing his Q&A and doing a few songs. And as he did that, I walked at the back of the stage and I went to one of his team team members and I said, hey, bro, did he see that canvas I gave him? And he goes, what canvas? And then I showed him the photo of it and he goes, oh, fuck, he hasn't seen that. I said, it's in the office. We put it there for him to see. And he goes, he hasn't seen that, bro. I said, well, let's fucking show him that. <laughs> And he goes, okay, okay, hang on, let me just sort it out. And then he kind of just stood there. And then I'm like going, well, are you going to fucking do anything? Or, And then I knew his actual right-hand man. So he's got a right-hand man, and then his right-hand man has five right-hand men. Yeah, yeah. So I went to the actual right-hand man, dude, and um, I said, bro, I've got this canvas in that room. We were su- you guys were supposed to present it to him, but he hasn't seen it yet. Can I show him it? And he goes, oh, that's dope. We've got to show him that. And he goes, okay, what we'll do is go grab it, put it in this other room that's closer to the elevator and then we'll quickly tell him to go in there and we get to pre- you'll get to present it to him. I said, okay, sweet. So me and that other lady who was helping me, we run in there. I grab the canvas, she grabs the easel. Then we run, put it back in the room because he's just about to finish his um, um, stage thing. And as soon as he's finished with that, he's gone. And so we we're like, fuck. So we're running, we put it in the room and then we come back and, we're, and he's just finishing. And then he goes, oh no, bring it to the elevator because he's going to walk from here to the elevator and he's gone. So we're like, fuck. So we have to, <laughs> we ran back to the room. We um, put it right by the elevator and did you, did you guys see the um, when we got to present it? And we yeah, yeah, yeah. That had literally been sitting there for three seconds. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. So we it. just went bang, bang, put it on the easel and then we all stood back and then he was walking towards it and then his right-hand man, when you look at the video of the um, when we presented him, you see this white dude with a ball head that's his right hand man mm. and so he goes oh snoop check this out and then he just lifted it and so it was all chaotic but that's his every day yeah. every day and all those people were doing that running around shit every day and it's changing all the time so they just got to be on the ball on the ball on the ball and if something goes wrong they get the axe <laughs> did he did he remember you from the first time nah nah he didn't he didn't and i wanted to mention it to him but um Again, I was just too nervous, but um, I just yeah, I got to present it to him. I said, "Oh, you know, this is for you and in honor of your two friends, bro." And uh, I hope you love it. And, and he was just like, "For first of all, he was speechless. He didn't know what to say for the first few seconds, you know." And then he just he um, got a little bit emotional, you know. And then he just goes, psh, psh, pointed at those two, and he's like, "Man, I gotta, you gotta give that to me. I gotta, I gotta have that in my house." I said, yeah, it's already arranged, bro. We're already sending it to you. And he's like, oh, man. Yeah, you know, shook my hand and we got a photo. And and then just like uh, a magician, he was gone. <laughs> Damn. Oh, so you didn't yeah. get, I was going to ask, did you get to have a smoke with him? Nah, nah. <laughs> he wasn't Uncle actually Snoop? allowed to smoke in the building. 
Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So that was part of his agreement. So. <laughs> He probably smoked on the way there, and then he would have smoked as soon as he left. And Imagine yeah. someone having to tell you that. All right, so you're not allowed to smoke in yeah. this building. <laughs> Snoop, of all people, you know, mm. he, he don't listen to nobody. He just <laughs> fucking smoke wherever he wants. Um, so, yeah, I think um, part of that agreement was like, you know, if you just not smoke while you're in here, that'd be great. Yeah, wild. Um, what, what's your favourite mural of all time? I can't answer that. I get asked that all the time. Um because there's too many things to um well, when you say favorite oh, well, what do you mean let, let me like, say most memorable on my trip to LA okay yeah yeah so it was this was just before covid i literally got home back in australia 2 days later the borders closed um so i got to, i got to spend a week in LA and i painted uh this guy's gym we were only supposed to do one piece we ended up doing seven um i did a picture of uh lebron and Kobe, he had, you know, it was still recent, he had passed away. That ended up getting to LeBron, so he saw it. I didn't get to interact with him or anything, but he did see it. And uh, his son, Bronny, who was good friends with the person who brought me over, said, my dad saw it and he loves it. Thank you. Yeah, wow. Um, but that that whole week, um, I got to stay in, like, I didn't know this guy who flew me over. We just met, it, met each other on uh, Instagram. Um, I started following him because a very good airbrush artist in, in LA painted his lowrider. So I just followed him for that, you know, and then he commented on a few of my stuff. I just said, oh, bro, love your lowrider. Love the airbrushing. It's awesome. And then a couple months later, he goes, oh, you want to come to LA, bro? Paint some murals for me. I said, fuck yeah. And he goes, oh, okay, I'll fly you over. So we had never we had never met. We didn't really discuss anything. He just told me he wanted Arnie on the wall. And um, that was pretty much it. And then when we got there, um, he goes, oh, is it okay if you stay at my house? Because I, I said, can you just organise me some um, accommodation? And I said, just don't put me in a dump. Put me anywhere, I don't mind, but just, yeah, no shit, I'll... And he goes, oh, I'll look after you, bro. And, he, and then we went to go and have lunch when I landed there, and he was like, oh, you mind staying at my house? I said, that's fine, that's fine, that's all good. If I'm going to do big nights, so I'll be like, rocking up in the middle of the night if you're okay with that and he's like yeah yeah that's fine um he goes up people don't usually stay at my house but you seem like a trustworthy person i'm like okay <laughs> <laughs> yes and yes then, very trustworthy yes yeah. <laughs> and then um we hop in his car and it's a um fuck what was it? he's got a bentley now but it was, it was a luxury car so i'm like okay this guy's got money <laughs> and then he goes oh um by the way, where you're staying, it's just in the west wing of my house. And when he said wing, I'm like, this dude's got a wing in his house. <laughs> <laughs> That's what rich people say. And uh, he goes, but it's just been renovated and, and no one's even been in there. So you, you okay with that? And I was like, yeah, it's all good. And um, so that was the first day. And we went and had lunch and he showed me his house. It was in Calabasas. You know, Calabasas is where Kardashians and fucking all the celebrities live. So that place was crazy. And then we go to his house. His house is fucking crazy. And then he gives me a whole west wing of a house. And then um, when we get there, he's like, um, oh, bro, just relaxing. You're probably a little bit jet lagged. But um, tonight we're going to go to a high school basketball game where my kids go to school. I said, okay, cool. And he goes, you want to come? It's a, it'll be a pretty good game. Bro, I just remember missing you about this at the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And so he goes, oh, you want to come? He's casual ass. You know, you just want to come to a high school game, basketball game. I said, yeah, sure. That, that sounds like fun. Um, so we get there, 
And uh, he, yeah, he wakes me up in a couple of hours, and then we drive, and then we just walk into the stadium, and it's fucking packed, like a NBA final. Well, it felt like that to me anyway. And it's fucking packed, and and then I walk in there, and I realize it's um LeBron James's son's team. So it's Bronny James and all his team, and it's some it's a big game. I can't remember if it was a final or a semi. I think it was a semi. Um, yeah. So the the stadium is packed, and it's so loud. And I'm like, oh, this for a fucking high school game? This is crazy. And then you see all these celebrities are there. Like LeBron was there. Um, what's the Kardashian mum's name? Chris. Chris Jenner was there with her partner. I was about to say Caitlyn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's not the mum. The other mum. <laughs> um, Cedric the Entertainer. Uh, what's that? Uh, big Boy. You know Big Boy, James? Mm. He's got his own radio oh, yeah, show. Yeah, big Boy. yeah, yeah. He was there, and like all the celebrities, kids go to the school. So it's like a fucking school for celebrities. And yeah, so this is my first day being in LA, and um, this was my experience. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? And then he takes me to an NBA game, and um, a Lakers game. And we don't just drive and park in a normal car park and go through the gates where everybody else goes. We go VIP status. So we drive at the back of the back. And then he gets, he's got his own park. We walk straight in, straight to the seat, and we're three rows away from courtside. Man, that's yeah. that's crazy. Because I remember missing you about that when you got to go to Sierra Canyon. Yeah, Sierra and, uh, Canyon. Yeah, yeah that's and, the school. Because yeah, yeah. I, I was a massive Sierra Canyon fan during that era. Right. That's crazy for me. I live in the Gold Coast. My 32 year old male supporting a high school right, team. Right, but right. I was all over like Amari Bailey, uh, uh, yep, yep. Bronny James. Like they had the most gangster team back yeah, then. Bro. And, yeah. you know, when they talk about like the Sierra Canyon parking lot, that's like where all the superstars are. Yep. Um, like Drake says it in his songs and that. So Sierra right. Canyon, if you get to go to a Sierra Canyon game, that's like fucking. That's unbelievable. Yeah, I remember missing yeah. you. You were filming. I was like, bro, do you know who that fucking is? That's Amari <laughs> Bailey. He's going to be I'm the like, number nope. one. Yeah. He's going to be the number one draft pick in two years, bro. Go get a photo with him. Man. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So yeah. cool. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, boys. I'm going to have to interrupt, but I'm going to have to leave the podcast. Yeah. Cool. But uh, Matty, bro, thank you so much, brother. Um, my pleasure. I'll talk to you again. Yes, so, well, I'm, I'm taking you to Wales, and in Wales, there's a, a Tesco. And a pie shop. Oh. So eat your heart out, California. <laughs> California. Can't beat that. Jeepers. <laughs> All right. Well, I got a question. What's let's go back to powerlifting. What's your what's your most memorable uh, experience in powerlifting? Memorable. Um, My most memorable experience with you is when you threw the drink bottle halfway to the other side <laughs> of the world. Matty tore his hamstring doing a GHR. It was like four weeks out of comp or something yeah, as well. Yeah, And you'd had sore arms and I think you had failed to lift the week before and you were just pissed oh, off. I was pissed, bro. And it was just the last straw. You went out of the back <laughs> and you just pegged this Maximus bottle. Yeah. I punched a hole in my van. What <laughs> did you realize? Yeah. <laughs> oh, not a hole. I just dented it. Yeah, yeah. You were upset. Yeah, I was very upset. I think my most... To answer your question, I think my most m- memorial moment was our first year pro roll. Yeah, that was fucking cool. I think I did eight fifty. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I lifted well. The experience was awesome. Got to see all the big lifters. Um, the day before, I think Will had a mad win. Yeah, the last was, deadlift. I was gonna say that was probably the the peak pro roll. Yeah, bro. Yeah. The next yeah. year it went to the slightly bigger stage and the year after your final year was the on the big, big stage. And that yeah. was cool, but I feel like that one, Pro Ron 9 is the one we're talking about, was yep. the one that was like 
that set the scene for fuck. This is powerlifting. Yeah, bro. bro. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And we like stole that show at Arnold's, eh? Yeah. Fucking everybody, so even cool. all the people who didn't even know what powerlifting That's cool. was, was like, what the fuck is this? Because <laughs> so cool. actually, coming back to that that last pro raw, am I remembering this right? That you were sort of thinking along the lines of next year you weren't going to do pro raw, you were going to try and tee up that that painting of Arnold and present it to him, which would take up the whole weekend. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 I'd already told myself I'm not going to compete. I'm going to um, airbrush a, and I actually did. I've done that. Can- I've, there's three canvases. Yep. Um, and as the first one is of his bodybuilding career. The second one is of his Hollywood career. The third one is of his political career. And um, Tony Doherty's got them. Oh, because so, the, the next year was COVID. Yeah. Like I flew down and then I flew back just before the lockdowns. It, it happened on the Sunday. The, the yeah. And I think Arnold Classic got cancelled like fucking a few weeks before it, right? Yeah, that's right. It got cancelled and then they were still going to try and do Pro Raw and then that got cancelled. And a that's lot right. of us already had flights. So we're like, oh, we'll just go. This this COVID thing's not serious. Nothing's going to happen. Yeah. And yep. fucking happened. <laughs> uh, and now Arnold's isn't coming back. Hopefully yeah. Tony can. I mean, has he claimed them as his, or is he hoping one day he can present them to, to Arnold, or you just um, don't know? Yeah, I'm not too sure, actually. But uh, I'll be very honest with you, I don't want to present them to him anymore. Like, I looked at old photos of him, and they're a bit... Um, I can do much better, put it that way. Yeah. So I don't want to present him work that I'm not happy with, so I'd rather just, wherever they are, stay in storage, or Tony keep them, or whatever. I'd much rather do them again. Yeah. Do them properly. Have you, have you got 10 minutes? i got a couple more questions. Me? Yeah. Yeah. Were you going to say something then, CJ? I was going to say, like, yeah, of course, your skills would just get better over time. Mm -hmm. I actually just think about that. Like, are there, I don't know, like, um, stuff that you've actually considered doing, like, I want to do that again? Because I I know. Yeah, absolutely. I murder. When I see photos of, like, the original rock mural at, at World Gym Ashmore, <laughs> and I, and I like I know you've done it, but I look at it and I'm like, nah, Matty didn't do that. <laughs> he, he didn't paint that one. That looks like that looks like the Wish Rock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and you got to you got to as an artist, you just got to just swallow that, you know. You just got to like, you know what? I did do that. Yes, and yes, I can do much better. And yes, it looks like shit. That's the same as coaching. I look at the first programs I used to give you, you yeah. know, the Slam series. Yeah, we used to like, die. What the fuck <laughs> were, was I thinking? <laughs> yeah, that, well, yeah. I've, got a, I've got a similar question. Like, it, obviously, your art evolves. Um, think of the transition between, like, just being a, a, a shitty little kid and graffitiing and tagging and tagging over other tags mm. to being, like, this, this artist that's painting, you know, some of the most am- amazing murals in the world. Is there is there any inkling or feeling when people because eventually this stuff gets painted over, right? Sure. Is there a sadness? Is there a level of like I can't believe you disrespected that, or are you just like, well, I've been that guy and I understand it happens. Uh, a little bit all of the above, bro. Yeah. You know, it's it's never awesome seeing your work getting covered over, but it's the way it is. Yeah. You know, that's if you want to paint yourself, uh, paint your stuff out in public, then just know that somebody else might go over it. And that's just the way it is so if you want to think that that's never going to happen then you're fucking kidding yourself you know mm. um so it will happen or it very likely may happen um so you can't get too emotional to your stuff you know if if you want your shit to last forever then do them on canvases you know don't do them out in public if um you do them in public and you think no one's going to touch them then you're you're kidding yourself 
what, what do, you, do you get more satisfaction out of something like, uh, say, the Elvis piece or just having a blank wall where you can do whatever graffiti art that you want? Um, I know that's a hard question. Yeah, it is <laughs> a hard question. Man, I like both, to be honest. I, I like having the freedom, of course. I feel like even when people say to me, bro, I want this exact image, I'd still do it in my way. So yeah. I still always have freedom, even though I'm painting a very specific image. Yeah. Um, where if somebody goes, man, I'm a huge Arnie fan, just do an Arnie mural, then that's the same too, you know? Like, I just love it. I love it all, bro. Do yeah. you have any, um, I guess, like, I don't know if goals is the right word, but something that you're like, oh, I, I, I'd like to do this one day. I don't know where it's like painting on a certain thing or on a certain wall or... Oh, man, I've got heaps of those. Yeah? Yeah, I've got heaps of those. Like... um. Like I, like I said to you earlier, I like like artifacts and sculptures. I actually want to start um, really getting into this um, area. Uh, you know how <clears throat> Chinese wood carvings? And they're usually in the shape of a rectangle, and it's a solid piece of wood, but then it's like, a, say, like a, a phoenix and then a dragon. And there's like holes cut out. So it's like a solid piece, but mm. it's... You know They've carved saying? into it. Carved into yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. correct. Um, I want to paint that on a wall, big. You know, so it looks like a giant wood carving. Oh, that'd be sick. You know what I'm saying? And make it so it's like it's three dimensional. Yeah, like it. Yeah, yeah. Make it look like it's it's. Well, you know, those wood carvings are only probably about this big, but you do fuck. You do it twice the size, and it gives you twice the the wellness. Mm. Um, stuff like that. That um, the Greek mythology stuff that I did mm. in like the Candy Mansion and a couple other places. That stuff looks fucking amazing in houses. So I like to find uh, like a mansion with some crazy like spiral staircase or something like that or some crazy wall with a fireplace underneath and, and do something magnificent on there. So I'm, yeah. I'm always looking at like crazy shit like that. That would be cool. Where murals wouldn't traditionally go. Yeah. But if you put it there... you It'll be like, holy it'd fuck. Be the, it'd be the piece of the, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I, I kind of look for that. Like, I want to paint a Lamborghini just for the fact that nobody gets murals on Lamborghinis. Yeah. You know, so like, you see a Lamborghini, wow. But have you ever seen a custom painted Lamborghini? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. so it's like that X factor. Yeah. You know, so I always look for shit like that, bro. That would be, I wonder how you do that. Like, because cars usually get vinyled. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, decaled on them. But to paint it, because I know with, Painting cars, it's layers. Yep. Right. It's like you got to put your, your base coat, the color, the clear yep. coat. I wonder how it'd work for art, like, and wouldn't it run in terms of application? Yeah, yeah. No, like, no, no. So you just use um, automotive base coat. So the the paint that you use to paint a car black, you use the same paint in an airbrush gun. Right. So you just lay it on super slowly, and then just slowly draw something, not like blast it on there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, um, man, I might cool. actually have somebody who's keen for that. So that, yeah, so my mate who in Newcastle, he's got a um, very nice house that he built and he's got the longest hallway you've ever fucking seen. So I saw this long wall in his house and he's Japanese. So I want to do like a Japanese thing, carved wood that goes down his whole hallway. Yeah, so well, I, I look for uh, unique things like that. That's cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's not a Lamborghini, but I've got an I-30. <laughs> If you want to chat up, would you actually get your <laughs> iPhone? <iThird>? No. <laughs> no, 
<laughs> no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't ruin a piece like that with <laughs> graffiti stuck art. No way. Oh um, I, When you were talking about tattooing before, I wanted to ask you a question uh, about your tattoos. Mm. Did you did you give um, uh, did you give the tattoo artist that you use freedom, or did you say this is what I want? No, it's, it's always freedom, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love so that. I'm an art lover. Like people say, oh, you're an artist. Yes, I am, but I love art. I love adorning it. I love wearing it. So, like, uh, I don't want to tell an artist what to put on my body, even though it's my body, you know, and I have the right to say that. I want this guy's art on me. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how I see it. So, I don't ever go, hey, bro, do this exactly right here on this angle. You know, I just like, so, for instance, uh, they obviously mean something, you know, mm. to me, and that's okay. But in terms of, uh, like, this one here, I was just like, man, I want my uh, tupuro and my ancestor. That was it. That was all the conversation. Um, <clears throat> with Mr. Cartoon, he's a famous LA uh, tattoo artist. I got a piece of him on my chest. Obviously, he was a huge inspiration to me, so I'm not going to tell him what I want. You know, I'm mm. just like... I, uh, the only thing I said is I want my son's name on me. So that was it. And I said, I just want a classic Mr. Cartoon piece, bro. And then that was it. And then he just gave me what he gave me. Mm. Um, yeah, so I'm an art lover. I wear art. Yeah, yeah that's, that's cool. It's uh, like, I mean, my tattoos are a bit different because they're all characters. But I didn't mm-hmm. pick any of these pictures. Yeah, well. I said, I want, you know, Sonic and Knuckles on my thigh. Mm. Here's some pictures I like, but you're the artist. You know what's going to look best. You spend all day, every day touching people's Absolutely. skin. Yeah, you yeah. know what's going to look best from different angles, from different distances. You tell me. And so, like, Spider-Man piece is completely different to the inspiration I sent. Same with Batman. Same with the... Really? Base, all of them. I didn't I know fucking, that. They're very different to the images that I sent. Because he's like, this will work better. And I'm like, I trust you. Yeah. You're the guy. If I'm paying you thousands of dollars and you're putting permanent stuff on my skin, you know what works and what doesn't. That's right. And that's when you get the what? best of them. Yeah. I you know? know that. Okay. Yeah. Because they, they can see it already. You yeah. know, they can see it, how it will fit on your, your part of your body better. Did he at least give you like a stencil? Like, okay, this is what Oh, no, he, gonna- he showed me what he thought. Like, he, you go back and forth and you- Okay. Uh, well, I did anyway with Maddie. I have know plenty of people that have done the same thing as you, Maddie, and just been like, this is your chest, do it. Mm. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, I don't have anything against yeah, doing wow. that. That said, I really don't want any more tattoos. I fucking hate them. Oh, aren't they fucking <laughs> shit to get? Getting them? Yeah. 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 See, this is important. One of the toughest guys I know saying that they suck. You got to listen to that. Yeah. Anyone who's suck, like, oh, bro. I love getting tattoos. No, it doesn't even hurt. Shut up. That's relaxing. Fuck Shut off. up. I go to sleep when I get it. Yeah, because you hopped up on more drugs than your body knows what to do with. Shut up. Fucking hurts. Yeah, it's so bad. Wow. Oh, man. Well, we might cut it there. We're, we've dragged it out a bit. Thank sure. you so much for coming on and, and for telling your story. Uh, actually, no, I want to want to say one more thing, which is about our mural here. Mm-hmm. Save, save the best till last. Uh, do you want to tell the story behind what you remember of how that came about and, and what I said and what I wanted? Yeah. I if hear if you can remember. Yeah, yeah. I want to hear Well, it. I'll just give the rough version. You Because you, you came up with a good point where you were like, I don't really want to just put famous people on there like the obvious you know i want to um commemorate the members your members because we had had 
Ed Cohen. No, do we have Ed Cohen? No, we had like Franco Colombo and Carl Christensen and all these famous powerlifters on the old wall of the gym. These big posters. Oh things. yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. And I was yeah. like, so so many people would walk in, and they're my idols on the wall, and people would be like, "Who's that?" Yeah. And like, oh, now I got to explain it to you. <laughs> well, is this like at the old gym? There were murals of them. They, Not they murals. weren't murals. They were just like Pitches. giant prints. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Sorry. Keep going. Yeah, yeah, and then when you said that to me, you're like, oh, oh you know, I want to put our, my members on there so, you know, people can relate to, you know, these people. They know who that person is. And I said, that's a fucking great idea, you know. Well, in my head, I might have said that. I can't remember if I said that out loud. And you go, yeah, so I want to do you. And I said, that's a stupid <laughs> idea. <laughs> I do not want to fucking paint myself. And you're like, no, 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 it'll be good. And I, I can't remember how the conversation went, but it went from going, yeah, that's an awesome idea, bro. Honoring your members. Fuck, you're, you're fucking good, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to honor you and put you on there and you're painting. Oh, nah, 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 stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my version, Thomas. What's your version? Well, yeah, why I wanted you was like you were that story of this guy started with 180. And the, so the plan was your goal was always 400. 400, yeah. So yeah. that picture out there is Maddie squatting 400. Yeah. And then false advertising. Th then he left because we we're like, <laughs> next competition, this is happening, and then never to be seen again. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because it was kind of like, yeah, it was it was that that story I wanted to tell, and I mean, it's still a six story, and it's yeah, that yeah. we the photo stage. He actually squatted two twenty with four reds. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So we took that photo. We had to reenact the photo. It's a real yeah. photo. Like, yeah, yeah. People look at my eyes and they're like. Oh, he hammed this up. That's exactly what my eyes look like in the photo. I don't know what I was doing with my face. But my, my eyes look crazy. Yeah. I feature in two murals. I'm in the background there and I'm the head ref. Uh, oh, yeah, in, yeah. In Mackay. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Mackay. Yeah. I haven't yeah. seen that movie yet. Okay. That what? come out really well, eh? Yeah. Yeah. I like that one. And so cool. look, the, you, you hated the idea of doing it. Mm. You did it. When you when you finished it, were you happy with it? And like walking in now, years later, do you look at it and you're like, yeah, that's pretty cool. No, I want to do it again. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And and like like a, I'm honoured that Thomas wanted to put me on there, you know. But I, I don't think I'd I don't deserve to be on there anymore. I reckon somebody else needs to um, no. wear that title, bro. It's a homage to the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah. It is. And I, and I get all that, but um, you know. No, no one wants a mural of themselves until they see it. Like, Dean. yeah, the amount of <laughs> flack that I had to cop from Dean about this mural when he found out about it, because it was always meant to be a surprise. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah, never meant right. to know about it. Then that's he found right. about out about it before it happened. Right, he was just like, "This isn't happening. This is the worst thing ever." Then he saw. It. He's like, "That's cool." Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It, was, it was cool. Yeah, I just think it's so meta because it's. I, I never knew you personally, and I know, and I've never met you. I've never seen your face. I've only ever heard about you through a lot of like people. A whisper. Yeah, like whether it's like the old bar shop that I worked at a local spot or, you know, I'd hear about you, oh, you know, Maddie did this or Maddie did that or that's Maddie's work. The Aquaman at oh, Burley yeah. is like, that's Maddie. So I was like, I always hear this Maddie, you know, he did the um, uh, the geographics, the yeah, yeah, yeah. all yeah, that. Yeah. Like, So I'd always hear about it. And then here it wasn't, I'd been training you for at least a month or so until either Thomas or James was like, that's actually who, that's Maddie. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I just think it's super meta that it's not only you're the artist, but then it's you. And after hearing that, I was like, wait, did Maddie ever lift? Like, I had no idea because yeah, right. I'd only ever heard about you as this 
awesome artists that did like the hats and the tees and all that kind of stuff. But I'd never, I was like, oh wait, he powerlifted? It's like, yeah, he powerlifted for years before he even got in. Yeah, I just think it's such a, yeah, it's so meta. Yeah, 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 true. <laughs> well, it's a nice note to, to end on. Uh, we'll put Maddie's links in the in the bio, but you probably follow him before you follow us anyway. Uh, you'll find Maddie Bro yeah. on Instagram. Thanks so much for your time, bro. Really appreciate it. My pleasure, it. brother. Thank Always you. Always good to see you. Cheers, brother. Thank you so much for listening to the Zero Podcast. If you want more information, head to our Instagram, zero underscore weakness. Hit the link in the bio for all of our services and any information on upcoming workshops and events. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review so we can have a broader reach and answer more people's questions. Thank you once more.